Hallelujah. So I just want to finish off something. You know, it's the last Sunday of this month. I want to finish off something uh, that I started last week. Uh, on my wife had asked me to preach on her behalf, so I want to finish off a point I didn't give you last week and give you some few other points of my own. Is that okay? So last week I spoke. I spoke about, what did I speak about? Who remembers? Nothing comes without a fight. Nothing comes without a fight. Um, you know, some, so in, in, this, in the course of last week, I, I was told, well, there's going to be a change. First change, I can already tell you that um, the, the owners of this building are going to start using this place for their evening services from next week. So uh, we will, after we've cleaned up and gone, they will come in and have a service from about 5.30 to 6 or so, uh, and they will have their evening services here. That's a first change. Um, and, and so it's, it's fine. The change will not affect us normally. Maybe once in a while we might have to finish off a little early when we have a long service, you know, like Feast of Grace, where we go way into, into, the, into the evening because we are all celebrating and having fun. But okay, that's, we'll manage that. No big issue. And at the same time, there comes another message that, oh, you might have an opportunity to have services in the morning, which uh, I like services in the morning. I think church should be in the morning. So uh, <laughs> that's just me. But we've been here for, what, 12 years, 13 years having services in the afternoon. So that's okay. Um, but but we, will, we will seriously consider the, op- the offer. But you could, nothing comes without a fight. At the same time, Somebody else says to me, I hear there's an opportunity to have services in the morning in the building that you use and we are also considering coming there. And you think, oh, I thought this was just for us. But not just for us because somebody else now says, you should stay in the afternoon and give me the opportunity to use that slot. So now I'm starting to think, oh God, do I really have to fight for this? And you know what I heard in my spirit? God says, when you have big visions, you've got to fight. Ah, they didn't catch that. Sweetie, did you hear what I said? It's okay if everybody else didn't catch it. But if you do, I know I'll get to heaven. When you have big visions, you've got to fight. Because I'm not only looking at this place as a church building. I'm looking at this more than a church building. Every time I dream about this place, I dream about this place being used for greater things than just church and chess. (laughs) Right? (laughs) There There is more that I see in this place. There is more opportunity that I see in this place. But at the same time, there are others out there that are looking at the building. So suddenly I realize I've got to fight. You with me, church? I've got to put my feet up, roll up my sleeves. It's not for nothing I'm looking like this. Take the tie off, lest they choke you with your own tie. 
and get ready for battle. Because nothing comes without a fight. In the workplace, they promise you a promotion. But apparently, the other guy sitting next to you is eyeing that same promotion. So don't just think that because they've said you will be promoted, it's going to just come easy. Don't be naive because you are a tongue-talking Christian and you have spoken in tongues all night that when you get to the office, your unbelieving boss will suddenly say, here it is. Because you are not the only one looking. Uh, do you hear what I'm saying? Don't think that the brother who wears that nice tie is only looking at you in a church with more than 200 sisters. You know, we, you, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying start acting towards the sister. <laughs> but don't take it for granted because nothing comes without a fight. The wise men of old that spoke said nothing comes on a silver platter. <laughs> it's simply because they understood the principle that if you need to get something, you must work for it. If you need to progress, you must put something into it. If you need a harvest, you must first sow. And I told you another principle that the harvest is as much work as the Sowing, because nothing comes without a fight. Now you're with me. You remember where we started, right? And I told you that to get to new dimensions, you need to see and realize that there is a battle, that to come to your, in, into your blessings, you must deal with today's battles. There are battles you need to fight today. There are things you need to engage in on today. And to attain greatness, you must deal also with the things of the past. And I told you also that you need to overcome obstacles in your, in, in, that are in your way to get to God's blessings. I'm going to talk a little bit more about overcoming obstacles today. I, I, I also just want you to understand this point that you see you need to fight to keep and to maintain what you have. You need to fight to keep and to maintain what you have. If you don't maintain things, they are going to break down. If you don't look after the things that you have, things are going to start deteriorating. The fact that you are now married does not mean you should stop there. It means you now have to look after yourself well. And keep yourself groomed so that you can stay in that marriage. It does not mean that you stop making your bed in the morning because now you think, ah, he's going to make it for me. No, you must still make your bed in the morning. And tell you what, it's a good thing to make your bed in the morning, not in the evening. Did you hear what I said, church? Make your bed in the morning. If it is the only good thing you will do in the day, make sure it is making your bed in the morning. The amens are few. I hope you are making your beds. It's just that, you know, when I visit your houses, I can't go into your bedroom. But I could actually just be pastor and say, I want to see every room in your house. Because when you know pastor is coming, you prepare two places. 
where he's going to sit in the toilet. Let me leave that one. But maintain what you have. If you have one shirt, make sure it's washed, ironed before you wear it. Put it on a hanger after you've worn it. Make sure you keep it good because it's the one that you have. Don't treat it anyhow so that it lasts you until you can get another one. If it is just the one bike you have, put some oil on it so that there's less noise as you go around. Get some oil on it. Make sure the tires have enough air in them. Put some, tighten those loose bolts and those loose nuts and make sure you maintain it. I know maintenance is a mindset which is lost among people like me who come from Africa. Because when the road breaks down, instead of fixing it, we buy a 4x4. Four four. When the 4x4 four four breaks down, instead of fixing it, what do we do? We buy another. And they get bigger and bigger. The excels and we go to the guys. You know, and you've got good engineers in Africa. But their engineering is on the wrong place. You tell them, please raise the excels of my car. You know, all the trucks that end up in Africa, they raise the excels of the cars. Why do they raise the excels of the cars? So that they can go into one pothole like this and go into another one like this and still come out good. Maintain the road. And you don't need those excels. You don't need the 4x4. You can dry a small, to a small VW up on the road if it is well maintained. But if it is not maintained, what do you need to do? You start finding. But I pray that we will get to a place where we realize that the good things that God is giving to us, we need to maintain them. And maintenance is a fight. I was speaking to one of my brothers who is up to, and he's saying that the, the people at my factory are saying cut costs and the easiest costs they've identified for me to cut are my maintenance costs. And so he says, you know, and he was telling me, he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cut them for this year, but I'll make sure that before I cut them, I do all the maintenance that I need until the next time they will release money for me to do that. Why? Because maintenance is important. If I cut on the maintenance budget today and things break down tomorrow, I'm in a bigger trouble then than I am today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to fight to make sure that I'm well maintained to last for another... Oh, you people don't hear what I'm saying. We need to be a people that understand that in order to us to continue walking in the blessing and in the goodness of God, we must put some maintenance and we need to put a fight to maintain the things we have if you don't fight for it you will lose it if you don't keep it it will be lost to whom much is given there is a responsibility that is expected of you and that responsibility is great when you have little people expect little from you when you have much we expect much also from you when you have one, we expect you to produce something of one. But when you have ten, 
The master was coming back and looking at the guys and says, I gave you five talents. What did you do with it? He expected much more from the guy with five talents than the one with four. Because to whom much is given, much more work is expected. Nothing comes for nothing. So make sure you understand that you need to put up also a fight to get that which you have. And Paul writing to Timothy says to him, you know what, Timothy, I have fought a good fight. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have been fighting my fight. I started in faith. I kept the faith. And now I finished my own race. It is now up to you to continue running with this journey. But I have maintained my faith. I fought a good fight. Can you get to the end and say, I have fought a good fight? I see many people that start and never finish. Why? Because they didn't know that they needed to fight to maintain the status where they are. I see people who start on something and ended up worse than they were when they started. Why? Because they did not understand that there is a principle in life that needs and demands you to fight to maintain where you are in order to go higher. Because if you don't maintain where you are, you go down. And if you don't believe me, go read the case of Zimbabwe. Or the case of the Soviet Union. Why did they break down? Because they failed to maintain that which they had. And if... I keep quiet. Lest we go into politics. But fight to keep and to maintain that which you have. Now in terms of the obstacles that you will meet in fighting to maintain that which you have. In being able to try to progress and keep on going. I need you number one to believe that you can overcome. Believe that you can overcome. Believe that you will get through this. Believe that we will make it. Believe that we can live for 50 years together. Believe that we can, we can go through this together. Whatever situation we are facing, it's temporary compared to the blessings that are coming ahead of us. Believe that you can succeed. Believe that you can overcome. You need to believe. And Mark chapter 9 verse 23, the, the Bible says, you know, it says, all things are what? Are possible. And it, it says this. Jesus says to them, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe. So as you fight, believe that you will win. Don't fight as a loser. Fight as a winner. Don't pray a prayer that says, I'm defeated. Pray a prayer that says, I am a winner. I will come through this. God works together for good to those that are called according to this purpose. I know that Lord you have called me to be up and not to be below. To be ahead and not to be behind. It feels like Lord I'm struggling here but I know I'm going to come out good. That's a prayer of a victor. I know that God you will turn the situation around. What looks dry today Lord you will cause streams to flow and eventually by the time 
time I'm done with this place, it will be a pool of water. Why? Because you are praying a prayer that says, I believe that God is going to do it. Believe and trust him. Believe and know that God is who he says he is. That he does what he says he will do. Believe that God who brought you all the way from wherever you came from, for whatever you came here to do, is more than able to bring you to the end and to see you through. Hallelujah. He will see you through. He will make you get to see your victory, but you must believe it. Believe it. Trust him. Believe it. Trust him. That God who started something in me, he's more than able to bring it to completion. Believe it and he will do it. Believe it and you will see his mighty hand. Believe it and you will see him. See, Daniel believed God so much that when he was given the, f- the fat meat and he says, you know what? I believe God that God is going to make sure that I will look better than all these other ones. Just give me vegetables and my God is able to nourish me with that. I know some people now use it to be vegetarian, but you know what? Daniel still ate meat afterwards. But you know, after, after the period of testing, Daniel looked healthier, wiser, stronger than all the others. Why? Because he believed in his God. When those three boys were going to be thrown into the fire, they said, fire we know is hot, but you know what? We have a God who's able to save us from the fire. But even if he doesn't, we know we will be with him. We believe in our God. Do you believe in your God? Believe him. And he will break through for you. You need to believe. I know Goliath is big. And I cannot use your, 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 your sword and your shield. O King Saul. But I know a God. Who is more than able. To give me victory over this uncircumcised Philistine. And I believe that if I go with just my stones, the same stones that I've used where I I fought before, I know that if I go with him, just my bare hands, God is more than able to use whatever I have to conquer the situation. I believe. And so David went. And what did David get? He got a victory. Why? Because he believed. Do you believe? Believe that you will overcome. Tell your neighbor, I'm an overcomer. Mark 10, 27, and Jesus looking at them said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. With men it is impossible, but not with God. Not with God. I remember a time, this is just to encourage somebody who's struggling with a master's thesis. I remember a time I asked my supervisor and I said to him, what does it take to get a nine in this department for a thesis? And he says, it's not possible. And I said, but that is not the question I asked. I said, what does it take to make it possible? What do I need to do? So he rephrased his answer. After he finished his answer, he still told me, you know, I'm just telling you this, but you know what? It's not possible. You just can't. So I said, thank you very much. I will go and pray and try to work according to how you have described. 
Why did I talk about my going to pray and work? Because I know that nothing comes without a fight. It's not enough only to pray. You need to go and do also some work. See a man who is diligent and excellent at his service. He shall serve before kings and princes and not before mean men. He shall be promoted in other words. He shall be raised. He shall be elevated. So in the end when they were reading out the script of my thesis in the aula, they said he was like looking for a needle in the middle of a haystack. That's why they said it is impossible for you to get a nine in this thesis. But however, he made so much progress and his involvement also in the church made him exceptional. Why they begin to acknowledge that, you know, with his God, something has become possible. With men, it is impossible, but not with God. I need somebody who's able to believe and say, not with God. Impossibility does not exist. Nothing is impossible. It is possible with my God. Somebody was told, you know, you, it's, it's just impossible now. You've lied to the system and, and you will never get your, your papers to stay here again. So when I was praying with them, I told them, you know, the word says the truth shall set you free. Go and tell the truth and follow whatever they tell you in the truth. And so they went, told the truth. And of course, the people said, aha, we've caught you. And they came back and said, pastor, now I've told the truth. My case is finished. And I say, you know what? Don't worry. The truth. Truth shall set you free. I did not say that truth shall make you just be chased to go back home and never come back here. I know you want to be here, but the truth shall set you free. As they told them, now you have to go back to your country wherever you came from and start again from scratch. Say, Pastor, hear what they say. Say, the truth shall set you free. Do you believe in God? And then the lawyer said, you know, we will try, but uh, it's impossible. The truth shall set you free. Do you believe? And when they said, yes, I believe, so I said, go back and start again. Six months later, they were back. Why? Because not with God does impossibility exist. Our God is more than able to do it for you. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, God is able. But you must believe. Number two, you need to discern and define your situation discern and define your situation see many times we struggle and 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 and, and are, are challenged by situations but we never take the time to step back to understand what really am i struggling with we know we are struggling because yes you are hustling every day you are crying when you open your book. You know, you sit at the desk, you open the book, you look at all the theorems that are there and you start to cry. Those that are doing statistics, you know. You look at all those numbers, you plug in, plug in, plug in, formula does not work. You go to SPSS, it doesn't work. You go to your friend's room, it works. You come back into your room, it doesn't work. You go back to your neighbor's house, it works. You come back into your room, it doesn't work. So I know you are vexed by it. But you need to step back. Is it the SPSS that is not working or it is your understanding that is not working? Because in my room it doesn't work, but in his room, it's not about the room. To step back and say, what is the concept that I'm missing? We're struggling with things. 
failing to break through, but we're not taking time to check what really am I struggling with. So you see, my, my wife was telling you about the story of a sister who was not getting married, struggling because she smelled a lot. There was a terrible body odor around her. So of course, the brothers would come looking good, sister to look at. By the time they are here, they say, oh, thank you, God, praise the Lord. Why what has chased them away is because there was just a smell. You don't know where it's coming from. She's taken a shower in the morning, put on some good smelling lotion with a good fragrance and doused herself with all kinds of deodorant. And uh, alas, the more deodorant she adds, the worse the smell becomes. And so she said, ah, I don't know why I'm not getting married. I don't know why I'm not getting married. It's the smell. And why is the smell there? It's not about the smell. It's because there is something that needed to be dealt with, which was deeper than the physical. And when that was dealt with, you know, there are things called unclean spirits. And when the unclean spirit was dealt with, you become pleasant. Even people are employing you because you think we need to have you in the office. Good grades, but not being employed. Why? Because the moment you come in, in the interview, they are just waiting to say, this is our last question, goodbye. Why? Because they want to get rid of your smell. And suddenly, when that is changed, they are saying, please come and join us. Stay with us. Sit here next to me. Things that were not happening before. And marriage is coming. <laughs> marriage is coming. Why? Because God changed. But she needed to discern and realize what his real situation was so that she could be helped. You hear what I'm saying, church? Fighting with your husband about the sleepers in the morning. It's not about the sleepers in the morning. It's about what happened yesterday. And that's what you need to deal with. What happened yesterday? Not the fact that he's left his shoes in the wrong place. You've left your shoe on top of the other shoe. It's very easy to solve if the shoe is on top of Just take it and put it beside. But you will fight one week about the shoe that was on top of the other shoe. It was not about the shoe that was on top of the other shoe. It was something else. So you need to step back and say, what is it that we are fighting about? What is the situation that I'm struggling with? Where is the root of my situation? And when you discover that, you will see that it is easier to overcome something when you know really what is. But the devil is a liar. And so he will lie to distract you so that you don't see the real thing. But you must discern and define what really is my situation what is the obstacle in front of me tell your neighbor discern and define don't just fight anyhow what are the rules you see i'm challenged with paul where he says i don't just go out into the boxing match like any any and just be punching everywhere i go into the boxing ring knowing who the person i'm fighting is and knowing how to give the sucker punch so that the guy can be knocked out if you are a boxer you don't just go there just dance you don't see those guys just dancing around and punching this way but he's looking to say which one is the play just a hook and another hook and then a hook and the guy is down why because he knows how to give the punch that's gonna give a blow to the guy he's fighting with 
So don't just go in and be giving hooks into the air. You need to fight with understanding. You need to fight with understanding. Tell neighbor, fight with understanding. Know what it is that you're dealing with. And you know what? It's not everything that is physical. I need you as a Christian to understand that. It's not everything that is physical. You also need to engage at a higher level. It's not everything that is physical. The Holy Spirit is there to help you to be able to deal with things that need to be dealt with in a different place. Prayerfully analyze your situation in order to understand what it is. So you need to pray. Joshua in Joshua chapter 7. Joshua has won a great victory over Jericho. And now he needs to go and fight over a, a fight AI or I, the city of I, which was smaller, did not have the same fortification, did not have an army as good as the army of Jericho. And they go to fight AI and they lose the battle. They attempt again and they lose the battle. And Joshua steps back and says, you know, before I go again, I need to prayerfully understand what is going on. So he prays, and in Joshua chapter 7, verse 13, God speaks to him and says, Get up, Joshua, sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. There is something that is not right in, the, in, in your midst. And you shall stand before your enemies. And you cannot stand before your enemies. This is why you are losing the battle. This is why you are discouraged. This is why you are not making progress. Because there is something that is not right that needs to be dealt with. Joshua could have sent soldiers after soldiers. And camp after camp. And continued losing against AI. Until he came to a point where he says I need to discern and define the situation. And so here God speaks to him and says take that thing that is cursed from, from among you. And then you will have the victory. Until you take it away there will be no victory. And so that's what Joshua does. And you know what? After Joshua does that, the end of the story is they had victory over AI. They got rid of Achan and his gods that he had taken. The good things that Achan had said, ah, let me collect some things for myself. After they got rid of them, they were able to have victory. But it needs you to be able to come back, take a step and say, what is it? That I'm really fighting against. What is it that is really staying, standing in the way? What is the challenge that I'm faced with? So prayerfully analyze your situation. And God will speak and give you direction. Number three. Is there anything that you need to change? Is there anything that you need to change? In the circumstance of Joshua, he needed to get rid of the gods and, and the things that Achan had taken. Is there anything that, that you need to change? Sometimes you may need to, to restore something. You may need to give back something. Sometimes you need to go and talk to somebody. Ask for forgiveness. Or forgive someone. Like we heard in the search the scripture teaching. Sometimes you need to, to go and make a correction of something. If your formula is not working at step 6, you need to go to step 1 to check it from step 1. 
sounds logical but how we struggle continuing trying to fix step six without checking if step one is right and often more often than not you can find that when you go back to step one and start checking everything from the beginning it becomes easier to solve the problem at step six because you have made corrections above uh you people do you hear what i'm saying or it's too warm today shake your neighbor and say uh, shake them shake them shake them shake them tell them check if you need to change something maybe it's the time you sleep that you need to check maybe it's the clothes you wear that you need to change i was i was counseling somebody at work and and they're saying well i i don't know why all these men can't keep their hands to themselves <laughs> and and so i i so after i'd listened to her story and her complaint about being sexually harassed at work i then asked her to say you know in the office you look at everybody in the office and the way all the women dressed don't you notice that there's something different about the way you dress and she says yeah but i've worked in the fashion industry and i said yes but we are not a fashion industry so it might be okay in your in the fashion industry the men in the fashion industry are probably behaving in the in that way because they understand that is their environment but these guys here are struggling because this is not the fashion industry I'm not justifying the guys to misbehave because you know somebody comes wearing a skimpy skirt so it does not give you a right but sometimes people behave badly because they are exposed to things they should not be seeing what business should somebody in a factory when he's wearing an overall and i have to give him a mask to cover his beard what business is he having to see all the skimpiness that you bring so the conversation at that moment changed and started looking at herself so, so do i make you also feel uncomfortable and i said you see you've got to think about what you need to change before you put up a complaint and often how easy we are to it's it, it's you know it, it may be a right to wear whatever she want but 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 you need to be appropriate you understand what i'm saying and so sometimes about that which you have to change maybe it's the way you speak that you need to change maybe it's the way you say things that you need to change ah they hate me i don't know why they hate me it's the way you speak you don't speak good they think you are angry all the time so obviously they don't want to be associated with you i was talking to another person the other day and and they're saying you know my my team they don't like me and i said but why don't they like you well they say they say that i'm not doing the things that they do say what are the things that they want you to do and say well the other day they were getting photos and they were making fun and having an and I, i don't like those kind of things of course they're not going to like you If you just can't go and be in a group photo and be having a lot of fun with everybody else getting a group photo why do you expect them to like you 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 hear what I'm saying people 
So you start to think that this team does not like me, but it's, it's just because you are not liking them. You are not being playing sport with everybody else. You are not likable, so why should they like you? Perhaps it's something that you have to change. Something that you have to deal with in order to move forward. Some knowledge that you might need to get in order to move forward. I was challenged by, by the, the pastor who came to speak at the couples meeting. And he said he was given a job which was way above his qualifications. And immediately, before, he re, before they could start giving complaints about him, he realized he needed to change something. And what was it he needed to change? His educational status. He needed to increase himself. Before the complaints about him start coming, you need to get yourself ready before the, oh, do you hear what I'm saying, church? Perhaps it's you who needs to change. What is it that I need to deal with so that I can get a breakthrough? You don't like your mother-in-law? Perhaps you might just want to take her out for dinner. Rather than just complaining all about it, take her out for dinner. See if it, that doesn't. If that doesn't work, then go buy her a dress. And if that also doesn't work, buy, buy dresses for all the mothers-in-laws that you have. His sisters as well. So that when you give all of them, they will speak for you. This is wisdom for someone. They will say, ah, this one. Look at us. And when your own real mother-in-law is saying, I don't know. She will have nothing else to say but to say, you know what, look. Look at us. How she has made us look good. Where she says, I don't like this one and everybody is speaking for you. She will start speaking also for you. The day she walks out the house and sees the neighbor, she will say, look at me. Do you know who did this one? That daughter-in-law of mine. And you are wondering, eh, me, she's talking about me now. Because why sometimes it's about something that you need to do to change your circumstances. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it is a relationship. Abimelech in Genesis chapter 20 and verse 7. He gets Sarah, the wife of Abraham, and brings her into his house. And, 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 and while she's, he's there, he's trying to play sport with her, but you know, something just prevents him. And then one day, Abraham comes to see Sarah, and Abimelech sees them the way they were playing and chatting and gisting and having fun. And then Abimelech suddenly gets a revelation to say something about those two. And then as he as he's struggling with things, God speaks to him and says, Restore this man's wife. If you want to prosper, Abimelech, things have stagnated in your life. Why? Because you are having somebody's wife in your house. Restore Sarah to Abraham and let Abraham go. But before he goes, make sure he prays for you because he is a prophet. And I was wondering, why was the prophet giving his wife to another man? It's a preaching for another day. <laughs> but, but restore the man's wife. Take Sarah back to Abraham and ask Abraham to pray for you and you will get blessed. Sometimes there's something that you need to do. Abigail realized that before she perishes, I told you the story of Abigail, the wife of Nabal, of Mr. Foolish. She realized she needed to do something wise before she perishes. And what happened? Abigail ended up as Mrs. David. 
they didn't catch it, sweetie. Number three, number four. Look to God's word for guidance. I don't have to emphasize this too much, but you need to look to God's word for guidance. Look to his word and he will guide you. And in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, God says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I, and I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Say, so God says, you've seen well. And the Lord said to him, verse 12, you have seen well. And I will hasten my word to perform it. I will quicken my word to perform it. I will, I will be swift to make sure my word comes through. I will make sure that my word does not go out for nothing. But I'll make sure that my word comes to pass. God's word, he will watch over his word to perform it. God watches over his word to perform it. And so he tells Jeremiah that, Jeremiah, you're in a good place because you've seen my word. You've seen what I'm doing. Now know this. I will hasten my word. I will do everything that I need to do to make sure that my word comes to pass. Not a stroke of God's word will go unfulfilled. God will make sure that his word comes out good. So if there's anything you need to turn to, is turn to the word of the Lord. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says, Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word is a light. It is a lamp to your path. And, and, and he can give you light and show you where to go. Jesus is the light. And the light came into the darkness and darkness could not comprehend it. So you need to walk in the light. In the light of God's word. Not any other. See, I told you like, like Deborah. Deborah, she didn't just wait upon the opinions of men. Because the opinions of men are many. Yeah? The opinions of men are what? Are many. If I were to ask each and every one of you for an opinion about whether we should have service in the morning or in the afternoon, I might never be able to make a decision. If I were to ask which time should we start, 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock, I can get as many as 100 opinions here and still struggle to make a decision. And therefore, I will need to hear God to say, God, thank you for all the ideas. And I've received a lot of ideas already from the leadership. After all their ideas, Lord, what should I do? What do you want me to do? If I tell you, the, I, I, did, I did one thing. Every young man, I think, should do that. You know, it, it might cause you trouble, but maybe not. But I, I asked my mother what, what she thought would be a good wife for me. Ah, and I heard some very interesting things. And then when I went to God and asked, what should my wife be like? And, and, and I laughed because half of those things that my mother had as ideals. Don't tell her when she comes. She's going to come very soon. We're completely different. So now I'm sitting there saying, you know, Lord, for me, this is easy. I will obey you. But how am I going to have to deal with mama? Why? Because the opinions of men are many. 
So then I talked to another mentor of mine who was helping me and, and, and grooming me and teaching me about, about life and about growing up and being a man. And, 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 and I asked him several questions and lots of questions. And he gave, told me this and told me that and told me that. And I looked and some of them were nice opinions of his. Some of them were things he has heard from others, things he has read in books, all kinds of opinions. But after at the end of it all, he said to me, young man, at the end of the day, you need to follow what God is saying. I said, thank you for all your opinions. Uh, with regards to getting married, I will marry this one. With regards to making money, I will have to wait a little longer. See, my mentor was a business, he's a businessman. He's running businesses in Malawi now. And he, he said to me, the path that you are choosing to go and do a PhD, you'll get rich late. I'm grooming you all this while and now you want to get rich late. And I said, but you told me one principle, to follow what God is saying. So as far as God is saying, saying this is the path that I should take. And is somebody not happy that I'm here? If I had followed my mentor, I'd probably be making money in Africa. I'm telling you, there's serious money in Africa to be made. <laughs> they don't say amen. They don't like Africa. <laughs> Who has an iPhone? Do you know why iPhone makes a lot of money? Because of the, you know where they get it, in your country. You know? That's where they're getting all the, all, all, all this, the, the titanium and all the, what is it called? What do they call it? Coltan. It's coming from Africa. It's a huge amount of money. Number 10. It's number 10 because I've been counting from last week. <laughs> I have 10 points. Number 10, and I'm going to close with this. When you've got the word of God, and you know what God is saying, and you understand that nothing comes without a fight, this is what you've got to do. You've got to release your faith. You've got to release your faith. Tell your neighbor, release your faith. You've got to release your faith. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 19. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 19. A very interesting verse. You see, God is speaking to Jeremiah. And telling Jeremiah that, Jeremiah, you have my word. And I'll watch over my word to perform it. And you're going to go out and tell these people about what I'm telling them. But you know what, Jeremiah? They will fight against you. Remember last week, I told you about how Moses was to go to Pharaoh. And God says to Moses, but you know what, Moses? Pharaoh will not let the people go unless there is a fight. Pharaoh is going to fight you. He would not just let you go just like that. So God tells Jeremiah and says to Jeremiah, these people are going to fight you. They will stand against you. I've given you a vision, says the Lord, but there's going to be a fight against your vision. I've given you a hope and an expected end, but there's going to be a fight against your hope, against your expected end.
I've given you a goal, a target, a PhD, a master's, but there's going to be a fight you need to go through. I've given you a home, a marriage, but there's going to be a fight that you need to go through. I've given you a business, a job, a career, whatever it is, but there's going to be a fight against that. But listen, but you, but they shall not prevail against you. Everything that fights against you, God says they shall not prevail against you. They shall not prevail against you. Why shall they not prevail against you? For I am with you. Now, if God says, I am with you, you need then to release your faith and connect with God and walk with God and go with God and trust in God and believe in God and hope in God. You need to release your faith and hold on to the word of God and say, God, no matter what the fight is like, I know they will not prevail because God God, you are with me. No matter how hard it is, I know, God, you are with me. No matter how long it takes, and you know, some things take very long. They said your PhD would be four years, but you are in year seven now, and you're still going. No matter how long it takes, God, I'm going to stick on to you. They said you will be healed. After four months, you will be fine and can play again, but it's months number seven, and it's still looks like nothing has happened. I know God you are with me. I will keep holding on to you. I will not let you go, Lord, until you bless me. You need to graze yourself, release your faith, and hold on to the Lord. And God says, for I am with you, says the Lord, and I am with you, what? To deliver you. God is there to deliver you. God is there to deliver you, to deliver the promise into your hands, to deliver the promise into your hands, to deliver the promise to you. I am there to deliver to you the promise, the blessing, the grace, the joy, the peace, the restoration. I am with you to give you a hope, your expected end in the name of Jesus. But you must release your faith. Is somebody ready to release their faith today? To release their faith and key into the Lord. If you're there, jump up on your feet and just begin to pray and say, Father, I hold on to you. I release my faith onto the word. I thank you for whatever word you've spoken to me. I thank you, God, for whatever promise. I, I thank you, Lord, for whatever hope that you've given me. Your vision. I want you to remember again the vision, the things, the dreams that you've been writing in your notebook, writing in your journal, writing wherever you write and say, God, if you can do this for me this year. Oh God, this is my plan. Oh God, this is my dream. And begin to say, Father, I key into your word. I release my faith, oh God, upon you. Because God, you say you are with me. And you will deliver me. And you will deliver me. Though the enemy may come like a flood, Jehovah raises standard against them. The enemy may come in seven ways. Father, cause them to flee, oh God, in many more ways than they have come. A thousand may come to was my left hand. Let them fall, oh God, 10,000 at my right hand. Thank you, Jesus, that though they fight, they will not prevail because I'm fighting with you. I'm standing with you in the name of Jesus. 
I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I need somebody to pray. Pray, pray, pray for yourself. I'm going with you, Lord. I'm going with you. This job, I'm going with you. Lord, this journey, I'm taking with you. This marriage, I'm going with you. Father, this job, this business, Lord, my God, I'm going with you. This ministry, this calling, God, this sending out, this missionary journey, God, I go with you. Lord, I go with you. The calling that you have given to me, the vision that you have given, oh God, I'm going with you. Thank you, Jesus. I release my faith. I release my faith. I release my hope upon you. I put my trust in you, oh living God. I put my trust in you, Lord. I put my trust in you, Jesus. Oh God, I'm an overcomer. Declare and say, I'm an overcomer. I am a winner. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I am a winner. I am a winner. I am a winner. Oh God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that this is my year to walk into my victory. This is my year of victory. I win. I win. I win. I win. I declare it over my life. I declare victory in the name of Jesus. I release my faith. I release my faith. I release my faith to complete. I release my faith to complete. To finish off this job. To finish off this project. To finish off this thesis. To finish off, oh God, this building. I release it, oh God, in the name of Jesus. My God, my Lord, to change my status. To change my status. My Lord, from shame to joy. My Father, my God. In the name of Jesus, Father, to come out of financial trouble, Lord, into financial peace. In the name of Jesus, oh God, Makatelebo Shekata, in to come out of struggle with my children and struggle with my with my husband and my parents. Come out of my struggle, Jehovah God. I pray. I release my faith. Though they fight, I thank you, God, that I am a victor. Though they will fight against me, though. All things will fight. Things will stand against me. I thank you that victory is certain. Victory is certain. Lord, you make victory certain for me. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, that you have made us overcomers. Raise your hand to the Lord. I declare victory over every hand that's raised. Father, I thank you that you give us the victory to overcome. Lord, in everything, O oh God, that we will be faced with, every challenge of life, Father, I thank you that you fight the battle for us. And so as we raise our hands, we release our faith to you. Father, we believe that you are more than able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or just even think about. And I want to thank you that Jesus, you say you are with us to deliver to deliver us from the hand of the wicked, 
from the hand of lack of progress, from the hand of oppression, from the hand of suppression, from the hand, O oh God, of obsessions. Thank you that you are more than able to deliver us. We release our faith as we raise our hands to you. Lord, upon your word that says we are more than conquerors through you, O oh God. And thank you that you say in Philippians 4.13 that we can do all things. Thank you that you strengthen us today to do all things. So I declare that God, all things we will conquer because you are God who fights the battle. You are God who fights the battle. He is fighting your battle. He is fighting your battle. He's fighting your battle. This second half of this year, you are about to cross over into the second half of this year. And God is saying, I'm fighting the battles that are in front of you. I make a way for 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 you. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. I see a way. I see a way. Where men had said it is impossible, I see a way. God sees and knows and will give you the place that you need. God will give you the place that you need. He will give you the place that you need. He will give you the place that you need. My God, he will give you the place that you need. In the name of Jesus. God is saying to somebody, you've been, you've been away for a long time. And you've been wondering, oh God, when am I going to overcome this? Things have not been working where you've been. But God is ushering you into a new season. Where you begin to see the fruit of what you've been laboring for in the last, in the last year or two. Oh God, thank you. That you are God who makes a way. You are God who makes a way. I release the grace of God over your life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that the battle is won at the cross of Calvary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're just going to offer, give our offering to the Lord. So take your offering.